hope that all of you had a good Thanksgiving. Um, whenever you may have celebrated with your family, it's always a, a good time to be able to get together with ones maybe we had not seen in a while, or maybe you just enjoyed the time uh, with your um, closer uh, family um, if you just spent the day at home. I think this lesson tonight will, will go well with what we've been studying in Bible class. Uh, it was it was funny because we've been studying about Elizabeth, and um, this 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 morning we talked a lot about uh, Zachariah and John the Baptist. I, I put the faith. Uh, I titled this lesson "Faith of John the Immerser" because um, if you remember, uh, they did not translate that word "baptizo" to meaning what it should have been. It should have been John the Immerser. Um, they transliterated it, and so um, that would be John the Immerser. And so we're going to look at his faith tonight, and you may be like, well, we don't really need to look at the faith of John, but the study of, of John, it, it helps me, and I hope that it may help you. And so point one tonight, we're going to look at that he had the assurance of the Christ. The assurance of the Christ. He even made a statement of faith, as Ben had read for us this evening, in John 1, verse 29. When, when, it, it, when it is recorded by, by the uh, Apostle John, the next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And so he knew that, Christ, uh, that Jesus was the Savior. He knew that he was the Messiah. That is the, the statement that he's, he's making here. Um, when he says that he is the Lamb of God that would take away the sin of the world. And so this statement's not much different than the statement that was made when the Ethiopian unit believed, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And I'll, I'll show you more of that here in a second. But how did he know that Jesus was the Messiah? How did he know? In John 1 verse 33... And I knew him not. Now he knew that that was his cousin. He knew Jesus personally, but he did not know that Jesus was the Messiah. At one time, he did not know that um, from his, his childhood. But he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same as he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. And so he knew that when the Spirit descended on Jesus Christ, that he knew that he was the Messiah. That's the point at where he knew. Because God had told him that when I, when you're going, the one that had told him to be baptizing with water, for uh, remember his, his baptism was for the repentance, not, not the baptism of remission. When did he know? John verse 1, verse 32, And John bare record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him. So he knew that he was the Messiah when the Holy Spirit descended on him like a, a dove, and it, it abode, it, it rested upon Jesus. So when did the Holy Spirit descend? And I know many of you already know when, but Matthew 3, verse 16 
And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were open unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. It aboded on him. And so here we can see all three of the Godhead. We can see, uh, well, not yet. That would be the next slide. But we're going to see all three of the Godhead there. We, we just saw that the Spirit of God rested upon the Word of God. Remember in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was like God, and the Word was God. And then the, the Word was manifested in verse 14 of John 1 and dwelt among us. The reaffirmed assurance that he was who, who he thought he was was in Matthew 3.17, and lo, a voice from heaven, this would be God the Father, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And so here, John knew that at the baptism, when he baptized Jesus, that he was the Messiah, because God told him it would be. But he also knew that he was the Son of God. And so that's how I'm, I'm the, putting that all together. Just as the Ethiopian eunuch had that statement of faith before he was baptized, John made that same same um, statement of faith when he said there behold the Lamb of God. He, he acknowledged it. And John understood his role. What was his role in the Messiah? John verse 3 verse, uh, John chapter 3 verse 28. He says ye yourselves bear me witness that I said I am not the Christ. He knew that he was not the Christ but that I am sent before him. There was many in that day said, are you the Christ? And then he goes into that great description that I'm not worthy to, to loosen the shoes of the one that would be the Christ. In verses 3 and 4, sorry, I don't have my, uh, don't have my uh, book. Chapter. Let's see if I can find it real quick. Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. And so again, his baptism was for repentance. Uh, those that obeyed that teaching, the counsel of God, uh, their sins were being rolled over until Jesus died on the cross. But what was John's role long term? John 3 verse 30. He must increase. Jesus must increase, but I must decrease. And so John understood that long term that he would have to go in, back into the shadows 
and that, that the, the focus would be on Jesus Christ. And so we can see here that John understood his role, that uh, he had uh, great assurance that Jesus was the Christ. But at one point, there was a wavering of his faith. He questioned if Jesus was the Christ. And again, I'm sorry, I messed up on my animation. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 2 and 3, when, now when John had heard in the prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said unto him, Are thou he that should come, or do we look for another? When, when John was in prison, he's questioning. He sent two of his disciples and is asking Jesus, Are thou the one that should come? Are you the Christ? Are you truly the Christ? Are, are we looking for someone else? My next slide. Why would he? Matthew chapter 3 verses 1 and 2. In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so John's preaching the message that is very close. It's at hand. Was that not a common misunderstanding? Even to the point where Jesus was getting ready to ascend to heaven. Where's the kingdom? Where's the kingdom? I've done your will. The king, I'm in prison. Establish your kingdom and take me out. If you are the Christ. John chapter 6 verse 15 Remember on, on the day after he fed the thousands, when Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a what? Physical king. He departed again into a mountain himself alone. There was so much, even those that were with him day after day, and I'm speaking of the apostles, didn't understand of the spiritualness of his kingdom. Matthew 20, verse 20 and 21. Then came to him the mother of Zebedee's children with her sons, worshiping him and desiring a certain thing of him. And he said unto her, What wilt thou? She saith unto him, Grant that these my two sons may sit the one on my right hand and the other on, uh, the one on thy right hand and the other on the left in thy kingdom. She was wanting elevated places in this physical kingdom. In Luke 22, verse 24, And there was also a strife among the apostles, among them which of them should be accounted the greatest. Now this is after Jesus told him that one of them were going to deceive him. And they reasoned with themselves, Surely it's not me. But then they said, But, but who's going to be the greatest? And of course then Jesus taught that lesson on the least would be the greatest. The one that would be the servant is the greatest. And then as I alluded to already in Acts chapter 1 verse 6, 6, when they therefore were come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, but thou at this time restore again the kingdom to who? Israel, the nation Israel, the physical kingdom. 
And so you can see that John, even though he was from the womb with the Holy Spirit, we can see that the Holy Spirit didn't reveal all. Remember, the Holy Spirit revealed as they needed. He was revealed to what he needed to do to make the pathway straight. But he still didn't understand the kingdom. Here he is in great despair, in prison for doing the will of God. He's being persecuted for right doing. You remember it was King Herod that came to him for advice, spiritual advice. And he was like, it's not lawful for you to have your, husband, uh, your brother's wife. Persecution was a contributing factor. That's what's going to try our faith, is persecution. All of those that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. James says it's when we go through those trials that we work with patience and the end will be that crown. Matthew chapter 11 verse 2, remember now when John had heard in prisons the words of Christ, he sent two of his disciples, I'm in prison Christ. Now, I believe, and I may be wrong on this, but I think it was somewhat God's providence at this time. Why? Because Jesus must increase, and John the Baptist needed to decrease. At this time, John the Baptist still has disciples. How great was John's influence? John's influence was very great because we read all the way. I'll, I'll try to work on that so it doesn't happen next time. All the way, how, I don't know how many years later I didn't do the, the, to try to figure out. But in Acts chapter 18, verses 24 and 25, we had looked at this a few weeks ago. A certain Jew named Apollos, born in Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures, came to Ephesus. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in the Spirit, he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. John's, John's influence was great because we can see that his teachings are still being taught this far down the road. Did the Lord scold John for asking such a question? No. In fact, what Jesus does is he reinforces John's faith. How is he going to do that? Well, he's going to do it with witnesses. Matthew 11, verse 4, Jesus answered him and said unto them, Go and shew John again those things which you do hear and see. witnesses to me. Show and you give first account of the great works that the Christ is doing. But then Jesus gave him encouragement. Because he's going to tell them to tell John this very statement. Matthew 11 verse 5. The blind receive their sight and the lame walk. 
the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. You know what he was doing? Remember in the in the in the wilderness when Jesus was being tempted, how he responded to temptation? It is written, it is written, it is written. You know where this scripture is coming from? The Messianic chapter of the Bible. Isaiah 35. It was the Messianic. Um, there was a hidden message in what he was telling them. He says, I am the Messiah. The works that I am doing are the works of the Messiah. Isaiah 35, verses 5 and 6. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as a harp, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For in the wilderness shall waters break out and streams in the desert. Those simple words that when we just read it, we're like, oh, well, that's just the miracles you perform. But when you go back to prophecy, he's telling John, search the scriptures. Be as the, as the um, Bereans and see whether these things are so. Reaffirming Jesus is the Messiah. Now notice it said there that um, that it would and have the gospel preached on him. Okay? So we just read this. Then when you go to Isaiah 61, verse 1, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, Christ, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach the good tidings, the gospel, unto who? The meek. He has sent me to bite up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prisons to them that are bound. Jesus' purpose was to preach the good tidings that the kingdom was coming. That your sins will be forgiven. But to prove who he was was the reason why the lame were able to walk and that the blind were able to see. John 20, verses 30 and 31. I use it almost every week for the invitation. These signs are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Who? The Messiah. Who? The Son of God. The very, very things that were revealed to him at what? The baptism of Jesus Christ. reaffirmed that wavering in faith it doesn't mean that, that John didn't believe anymore he just needed reassurance he's in prison and we know what will happen from John John will never leave the confines of that prison and so After Jesus sends those disciples back to John, he basically gives an epitaph about John because he knows that he's about to die. Point number four, Jesus is going to die.
John's question was not a sign he was weak. Matthew 11, verse 7. And as they departed, Jesus began to say unto the multitudes concerning John, What went ye out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken with the wind? No, John was strong in his messages. Remember, he told them to do the works of repentance. He spoke bold in the wilderness that, that you had to do things that were worthy of being repentance. When he spoke to Herod, he was being bold and said, you need to repent and give back your brother's wife. It's not yours. And it cost him his life. He wasn't clothed in dainty clothing. Matthew chapter 11, verse 8, But what went ye out to see? A man clothed in soft raiment? Behold, that they that wear soft clothing are in king's houses. He was in the wilderness. He was a Nazarite from birth. We had just read about um, Samson. God had a purpose for John. And John was fulfilling his purpose. John's very appearance was tough. And we went over this in class this morning. Matthew chapter 3 verse 4. And the same John had his raiment of camel's hair. And a leather and girdle about his loins. And his meat was locusts and wild honey. He wasn't weak. I would complain if my meal consisted of locusts and wild honey and not chicken. Y'all that know me know I have a, I love some chicken. But as Jimmy pointed out, it was his humility too. He didn't wear fancy clothes. He didn't eat fancy things. He, he ate the bare necessities to get what he needed to do in the wilderness. He was doing his job. John was a prophet. Matthew 11, verse 9. But what went ye out for to see? A prophet? Yea. And I say on you more than a prophet. How was he more than a prophet? Well, John was an eyewitness. All the other prophets before this were, were saying that the Messiah is coming, the Messiah is coming, but John was able to lay his eyes upon the Messiah and knew assuredly that the Messiah had come. John chapter 3, verse 29, John says, He that hath the bride is the bridegroom. But the friend of the bridegroom, that would be John the, the immerser right here, which standeth and heareth him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This is my joy, therefore, is fulfilled. He, his joy was fulfilled because the Messiah, the bridegroom, was here. And he knew that the church was going to belong to Christ. That bride there would be the church, would be the kingdom John was the Elijah they awaited. Malachi 4, verse 5, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day 
of the Lord. And so they were all looking for Elijah. How was he Elijah? He wasn't physically Elijah. Luke chapter 1 verse 17. And he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. How? By repentance. That's what he's going to do. He's going to turn their hearts to God. He's making the way to the Lord, but it starts with what? Repentance. And then Jesus reaffirms John was Elijah and that his purpose had been fulfilled. Matthew 11, verse 14. And if you will receive it, this is Elias, which was for to come. Many would have thought the questions that, that John asked on that day was, was weakness, but it wasn't. He was, he, was, he was handling things that we will never probably understand. Here he is preaching God's will and he's being persecuted for it. All because of the evilness of one woman. Remember how Herod felt when he imprisoned John and when he heard that they desired his head on a on a platter. He was upset. He respected John. That's why he was seeking John's counsel. It's just like um, Daniel. When the decree was made that they would throw whoever um, into the uh, lion's den and they knew that they made that decree and he was bowing to his God. It upset, and I, I'm going to say the wrong king. I want to say it was Darius, but it wasn't Nebuchadnezzar at that time, was it? It was the law of the Medes and Persians, if I'm not mistaken, because once they made a law, they couldn't go back and change the law. So I don't remember the king, but remember how upset he was when he found out that he was going to have to do that to Daniel because he respected Daniel. I got people flipping. <laughs> Let me grab mine and flip a little too. It may have been, but I'm thinking it was the Medes and Persians. It was Darius the Median. Um, in, in Daniel 6, verse 8, Now, O king, establish the decree and sign and writing that it be not changed according to the laws of the Medes and Persians which altereth not. Wherefore, King Darius signed the writing and the decree. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being opened in his chamber towards Jerusalem, 
He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God did it four times. Now, I want to find what I was talking about, how he felt. In verse 14, Then the king, when he heard these words, was sore displeased with himself and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. He didn't want to destroy Daniel. Then these men assembled on the king and said unto the king, Now, O king, that the law of the Medes and Persians is that no decree nor statute which the king established may be changed. Now they're threatening the king. You're going to break the law. Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. Matthew chapter 14. I'm hoping this is where it's at. In the time that Herod the Tetrarch heard the fame of Jesus and said unto his servant, This is John the Baptist. He is risen from the dead. Therefore mighty works to show forth themselves on him. For Herod had laid a hold on John and bound him and put him in prison for Herodias' sake, his brother Philip's wife. For John said unto him, It is not lawful for thee to have her. And he would have put him to death. He feared a new multitude because they counted him as a prophet. I'm going to keep reading. But when Herod's birthday was kept, the daughter of Herodias danced before them and pleased Herod, whereupon he promised with an oath to give her whatsoever she would ask. And she, being there uh, before instructed of her mother, said, Give me here John's Baptist head in a charger. And the king was sorry. Nevertheless, for the oath's sake, and them which sat with him at meat, he commanded it to be given her, and he sat and beheaded John in the prison. But he didn't want to do it. He made a foolish vow. Just as the king of the Medes and Persians had bad advice, and he made a law that he, that he did not want to own. But to us, we can see that the great man, John the Immerser, even though he had that great faith, and we, we do the same thing, when we come out of the baptism water, we have that great faith. And we're ready, we are very zealous for God. And we want to go straightway and start serving him. But then things will come and happen. As the sower of the seed says, the cares of this world, persecution, and then it will cause our faith to waver. It's how we handle that. Well, how do we need to handle it? We do just like Jesus instructed John. You go back into the scriptures. That's what he was telling them to do. You know the scriptures. The things that I'm doing is actually the work of the Messiah. To prove that I am the Messiah. And so, no doubt... We, we see that commonly again and again and again. 
Remember, Jesus said the kingdom is not of this world. It was in my service time. Jesus said that the, the, the kingdom would not come with a servants. It won't be low here or low there. But that the kingdom would come with great power. Well, we know that that great power was the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost. That's that great power that when it came, that was prophetic. And so tonight we're going to offer the invitation. The invitation is obeying the teachings of God, affirming what you believe. And just doing it how God tells you to do it. It starts by hearing the word of God, Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. As we've already stated, John verses 20, verses uh, John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31, we believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. We see that same uh, statement of faith by uh, Peter in Matthew 16 and 16 when they say, Who do you say that I am? That is the confession that is made unto salvation. Romans 10, verses 9 and 10. No other foundation can be laid than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11. That's our foundation. It's our statement of faith that we believe it. We truly believe it. But just as John was in the wilderness preaching repentance, we must too repent. Um, Acts 17 verse 30 that sound right? At, at this time uh, of ignorance God winked at but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent I may have that wrong because I've never memorized that one so just uh, that's close very close and then we must allow someone I've already talked about that confession but you must confess we see the best example of that I know we always go to it, but the Ethiopian eunuch was is the best example in the Bible of that confession. And it was a confession based on, do you believe? And he says, I truly believe. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And then you allow someone to immerse you in water. That was what John was doing. It was laying the path to heaven. But it didn't go in effect until Jesus died on the cross. So John, you know, it says, Jesus will say that John was a great man. One of the greatest men that ever were on the earth, but he was the least in the kingdom. Why? Because he had his sins. When he lived on the earth, he was full of his sins. Why? Because the Messiah hadn't died yet to take them all away. But his faith was rolling his sins forward to the cross so that on that day he would be counted faithful. We read about it in the Bible that that blood goes both ways. It covers the sins of the past before the cross, and it's, it covers the sins of the future for those that are born after the cross. Then we must live faithful until the end. John was living faithful to the end. He was not weak. His question may seem on the surface weak, but he, he was just confused. Just like everybody else at that time didn't really get the grand scheme of God's plan. That's why it's referred to as what? A mystery. It was a mystery. It was still a mystery to John. He was, he was like, I'm preaching it. It's here. 
It's almost here, but it's not here. Well, John didn't walk with Jesus daily. John was out doing his thing, making the path straight. If perhaps you are a Christian, but perhaps you have um, let sin enter back in, you have not lived as faithful as you, you would like to, and as God expects. Um, if you perhaps brought reproach upon the church, you need say, a prayer said upon your behalf. If we can help you in any way, if you'll come to the front just together, we can stand and sing.